Okay, so we're going to get into the Word today. Today we're starting a, uh, a new series for the month of December. It's called A Journey to Christmas. And, uh, and so uh, we are uh, navigating through. We're going to start at the beginning. We're going to follow it all the way through um, until Christmas Day, till our, you know, to celebrate Christmas. And uh, I am looking forward to this, uh, not just the season, but I'm looking forward to sharing this Word with you. Um, there are several things that I want to help you to understand about the way God does things in the world. So I'm going to kind of lay a foundation, and then we're going to get into the Word together. Can you, can you stay with me? You stay, I know we've had church already, and it's been great. And you're saying, how, Pastor Ken, how can you even say anything? It's going to be anticlimactic. I'm going to do my best not to bore you. I believe it's a sin to bore people, so I don't want to make you sin. I don't want to sin. So anyway, I'm, uh, stay with me today. So we're going to start, we're going to talk today, we're going to start from Genesis chapter 3 because there's a, there's a way that God does things in the world and, and it's easily observable. Walk with me like this. Uh, think about it. Uh, that, that small things happen and then there's a process of time and then a crisis moment. Now, uh, you can see this in creation. Uh, for hundreds, maybe thousands of years, we've had these, uh, these tectonic plates in our earth that just kind of rub against each other. They just rub against each other, rub against each other, and then all of a sudden there's an earthquake, right? You know, uh, you know, five, six on the Richter scale. Everyone says, "How did that happen? It was a, cra it was a, it was an, a, a crazy moment, a crisis moment. How did that happen?" Well, it had been happening. For hundreds of years, maybe thousands of years, it was just. But 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 we noticed it at this moment. Think of uh, like uh, how many of you parents have ever read *The Hungry Hungry Caterpillar* to your kids? I remember reading that to my kids. You never. Oh, it's great. It's great reading. Doesn't it sound like great reading? I mean, anyway, it's not. It's not yet a chapter book. It's a picture book. And so there's this very hungry caterpillar, and he goes around and eats and eats and eats and eats and eats, and he eats a little bit of everything, and the book has holes in it, because you can tell that the caterpillar ate things through it and everything. You're just going to, I should have told you what my Amazon account was so you could go out and buy it, because you're going to do it now. And, and so uh, just like in life where that little worm, that little pupa, that little larva goes through and eats a bunch of things, and then holes up in his cocoon, and then you wait and you wait, and you wait, and then psh, at the right time, the, the butterfly colors burst forth, right? So there was, there was, the, uh, there was the conception, the, the inception of this thing going on. Then there's this long process, and there's this, wow, where did that butterfly come from? Or maybe in the case of babies, because I'm celebrating babies right now. Call me Pop Pop. So I'm going to talk. Pop pop stories, okay. Coffee with Nora. It's my new blog, and um, and uh, so uh, so you know you think about the 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 conception moment, but then there's the process, and and for some you know moms, you you went through. When is this baby ever gonna come, right? And and then the more uncomfortable you get, when is this baby ever gonna come? And we're gonna talk about pain and childbirth in, here in a minute, and and then and then after nine months, here comes this baby, and you say, wow. That's amazing, you know. And so what God does is that there's, there's a conception, there's, there's a point, a fixed point in time, and then there's a process, and then there's the product or the prize or the provision. Now, uh, some of you, this is all the word that you need. Some of you are in process right now. Some of you had had a promise from the Lord that you took a hold of and you got a hold of that promise of God and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're, you're saying like, uh, you know, the, the saints in the book of Revelation, how long, O oh Lord? 
How long, O oh Lord, until this comes to pass? But you know what? What we've, got to re- what we've got to remind ourselves when we're in process is that God's word is absolutely true. And God's word never, ever fails. And if you build your life on his word, then that's all you have to concern yourself with because the word will bring to pass what God wants it to bring to pass. Now today, when we get into the word, I want to talk to you about the promise to the devil. That's right. We're not talking about a promise to you or to yours truly. We're not talking about a promise to people at all. We're talking about the promise. God makes a promise to the devil, and you and I can bank on that promise. Isn't that a good news? Because it's bad news for the devil, but it's good news for us. So we're going to get into Genesis 3 in just a moment. But before we do, one more thing I want to talk to you about how, um, how uh, we look at time. God is the eternal God. He sits above time. But there are two ways that you can look at time, and they're described in two different Latin words. The first Latin word is called futurum. Everybody say futurum. It's getting kind of warm in this room, I can tell. You're kind of like... Futurum. Futurum is the word that we get future from. And, and the word future has to do with, uh, in, in that context, has to do with whatever happens tomorrow derives from today. So Sunday rolls into Monday, rolls into Tuesday, and it's described in our thinking about this way. It's described in our thinking, it's like, yeah, same old, same old. Right? Have you ever heard that? Maybe you've said it. Don't point to your neighbor. I know they did. Um, But, you know, uh, how are things? uh, Same old, same old. You know, different, you know, same day, different different problem, different day, same problems, whatever. It just kind of rolls. One day rolls into the next day. And we'll find that in our text today. And we're going to break that down. That's the first way that you can look at time. You can look at the future is going to arise out of the present. You can say as a business owner, you can say, well, you know, uh, this this was our profit, you know, with this many uh, contracts, this many costs this many whatever and if we do three percent more then we can get x amount more profit whatever the case may be and so if we need to up our game then what it's going to do is it's going to grow out of our present reality and our present our future uh comes from our present everybody tracking with me that's not too hard to understand right so now i'm going to throw you off the second word is the word adventus adventus is the word that we get advent from And we are starting today as the first Sunday in Advent. Now, if you were raised in a liturgical church, a Catholic church, Episcopal church, a higher church setting, then then you follow the church calendar. Uh, We just don't necessarily follow the church calendar all that closely. It is there. Um, but, uh, But Advent is a really cool word. So I want to talk to you about what it means. Advent means invasion. It actually comes from a military word that had to do with when a general moved into an area and took over an area or an emperor that had ridden into town and said, ta-da, here I am. It has to do with this concept that a king has come in and brought his realm. And so Adventus is a different way of looking at the future. And uh, and so I I want you to to follow, follow with me on this, this idea of Adventus. Adventus means the future is coming to us out of the past. An emperor would have been somebody that was born into royal family and he would have a family line and maybe that leader wasn't ready to rise up yet because he he or she wasn't old enough, but they were coming out of a family bloodline out of the past. Somewhere in ancient history, 
They were a ruler. They were a leader, but they haven't emerged yet. They haven't arrived. They haven't advented yet. They haven't, they haven't invaded yet. And so, okay, so uh, I'm going to show you how this works in a minute. You ready? How many of you ready? Okay. Stay with me. So let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 3. And I'm going to show you where Christmas came from. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, this is after the temptation, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. It might be news to you that before this time, snakes had legs. Like, can you imagine a boa walking around with legs? But before this time, the serpent had legs. He just showed up there, started talking with people, right? And, uh, and, and yet, at, at this point, God, God curses him and says, I'm, I'm changing you. Now, now you're going to crawl on your belly. Now you're going to show your subservience. I'm going to humble you right now. I'm taking you off your legs. You're not, tra- you're not traveling around like you used to. From now on, you're going to crawl around. I want you to think about that. You know, this was, this was a place of humility that God, God put the serpent down, put him lower. You can't get any lower than crawling on your belly. He put him low. And then he says, you will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. And all the ladies said, amen. I don't like snakes. Amen. Okay, maybe not all of There's three, three ladies in here that probably like snakes. And between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Now, here is the promise to the devil. Eve is going to have offspring. Offspring there is plural. However, when, when God speaks to the devil, he says, he, you will strike his heel and he, that is Jesus, will crush your head. This is a promise to the devil that we find in Genesis chapter 3 that's the first foreshadowing of Jesus Christ himself. It's the first time that, uh, that the Redeemer is going to come, and this is mentioned all the way back then. So the reason I wanted you to get a hold of that uh, for a second, I'm going to illustrate here um, with a, a thought for investment. Imagine that Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 is an account number. And that account number that God makes an investment into the account number in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And all of you and all of us as believers are given, because of the cross of Jesus Christ, we are given access to this account number. All of us have it. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. It's an investment that God made in his creation. Before you or I came around, before Moses was around, before Abraham was around, God made an investment into, our, into the creation, and he put an account number on it. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. The devil, the devil, he said to the devil, he said, you will strike his head, but he will crush your, uh, you will strike his heel, but he will crush your head. So he says, I'm going to make this investment now, and you're not going to see it right now, because what happens when you put a eensy-weensy little investment in. Doesn't look like much. But let it compound over time. Let it go through time and space. Let it navigate its way through creation. And the scripture says, when the fullness of time had come, 
God sent forth his son, born of a virgin, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law. Now, now let's, just, let's just take that thought, the, follow with me on the investment thought for a second. How many of you have ever heard of Warren Buffett? Warren Buffett, okay? Uh, great investor. He, Warren Buffett said, said this. He said this of index funds. Now, an index fund is when you don't pick just one or two stocks, but you, you pick the whole stock market. So if you take a, an index fund measurement on the S&P 500, you're, you're picking 500 stocks, and you're saying these are the best stocks. And so an index fund just says, I'm going to invest in the market, and I don't have to manage it. The market will just kind of do its thing. It'll go up and down, up and down, up and down. But here's what Warren Buffett said about uh, about the way the stock market works. He said, if you had taken $10,000 in 1942, 1942 was the year that we weren't sure if the Allies were going to win World War II, what was going to happen. It was the most unsure that our world had ever been. Will there even be a world when this is all over with? In 1942, if you'd invested in the stock market, just $10,000 in an index fund and let it ride until today, which when he said it, this is a couple years back, so it was about probably about 70 years, something like that. He said, you, you would have, if you had that account number, it'd be worth $51 million today. And all you needed was that account number. What? How many of you uh, are at the age, you know, we're, we're talking about age today, Pastor Bernie, uh, being at the ripe old age of, I'll say it, 42. Yeah, the ripe old age of 42. But how many of you at your current age wish you could go back and redo something? How many of you wish, you know, I wish I had started that investment account, or I wish I had not taken that first drink, or I wish I had, and you would talk to the young you way back, right? What if you'd done that? What if you could? What if you could reach back? Here's what God did for you and I. He gave us an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. And he's put account numbers on it, and it's the scripture. It's the word of God. It never changes. God says, I'm I'm banking this in the world that I have created. Devil, your head shall be crushed. And this was way before the cross. And you and I have the story of the cross, and we look back on it. Now, here's what Adam lost. Now, I just talked to you about the promise of God. Let's talk about man's problems. Uh, the, the, uh, Adam lost his relationship with God. Uh, Genesis 3, 9, and 10 tells us he lost his relationship with his own identity. They sewed fig leaves together to make coverings for themselves. Think about this. I was, I was reading as I was studying this passage. You know that when God created man in his own image, that the Hebrew word that's translated is best translated shadow. Adam was God's shadow. Think about that. I mean, you, you know, you ever, you ever play shadow puppets with your hand? You, ever, you get the light, the reflection of the light, and you stand there. And, and as a kid, you know, we used, to, we used to sit and we'd see how big we could get our shadow to be, right? You know, but we had to, we had to orient ourselves so that we, the light source was over here and we could cast our shadow. You know, I think it's amazing when I think about the New Testament miracles and wherever Peter walked his shadow uh, caused people to be healed. I mean, what was that? You know, God was saying that through my shadow man, through my image, I am declaring dominion. But Adam lost that. He lost his perspective on who he was because he allowed the question, did God really say, to enter into his life. So he, he loses relationship with his own identity. Uh, people in our world today struggle with this. This is where suicide comes from. They don't really realize who they are. 
They don't really realize they are fearfully and wonderfully made, uniquely uh, gifted by God to do a, a work. They discovered that they, they've lost connection with their purpose because passion flows out of purpose. When you understand why you're on the planet, when you understand who, uh, who purchased your life and how, how precious you are to God, then, then you, you know, purpose and passion begin to rise up. Um, so Adam had lost his relationship with, uh, with himself, lost relationship with others. This is where the blame game started in, right? Do you remember the story uh, in, uh, that we're just uh, reading here? How that God comes to Adam and he said, hey, did, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked? Did you eat of the tree that I told you not to eat of? And what did Adam do? Lord, it's the woman you gave me. You know, if she could have hit him in the ribs right then, she would have. You know, Lord, it's that woman you gave. Really, think about this. God, I didn't have this problem before. It was your idea to give me a wife. He's actually making an indictment against his creator. You initiated this. I couldn't have made, I couldn't have made a woman. You made the woman. Lord, it's the woman you gave me. It's your fault, God. Think about it. Isn't that what he's saying? And what does Eve do? Eve says, uh, not me. It was that serpent. The serpent did it. That snake that I was talking to. What, what? Come on, get a clue. Don't talk to snakes. Right? I mean, come on. So, so, you know, so the blame game begins. The, the loss of relationship with one another, instead of covering one another, instead of overcoming evil with good, instead of bearing with one another's burdens, they begin to blame. They begin to separate themselves out. They begin to be, uh, live in an independent kind of a thing. And, and lastly in here, they, they lose uh, relationship or dominion with or over the creation, the thorns, the thistles, the sweat of the brow, the pain in childbirth. This, all of these things have been going on in our world, futurum, futurum has been happening since the time of creation, futurum, tomorrow is going to rise out of today, can we look for anything better today, well, or tomorrow than today, well, probably not, it's just going to get worse, it's not going to get better, lost relationship with self, with others, um, you know, with, uh, with our world, with stuff, you know, lost relationship with God, all of these things, you know, it sounds like a country music song, doesn't it? And we're familiar with it because that's the world we live in. But God made a promise to the devil. In the midst of futurum, he promises Adventus. In the midst of futurum, here's, here's the reality. Here's the difference between the two. And I, I failed to really bring this to pass so that you'd understand it. Futurum happens without, uh, uh, without uh, uh, the expectation of a being. Uh, tomorrow's just going to be like today. It's the what. It's not the who. Adventus always has a who attached to it. Adventus always has the God is coming to work in. What are we looking for? We are believers who long for his appearing, who are saying we want to see Jesus. Heaven is not just heaven. Heaven's where Jesus is. Heaven's not going to be great because just, you know, that's where people we love are. Heaven is going to be great because that's where Jesus is. Heaven wouldn't be heaven without Jesus. So as we long for his appearing, what we're looking at in our daily life is we're saying, Lord, come. 
in my situation and do something new. Lord, I want to see you. I want to see your fingerprints. I want to see righteousness, peace, and joy in, in the world that I live. Instead of me having more month than money, how about more money than month? Instead of me settling for broken relationships, how about I see the kingdom happen? Jesus, won't, won't your kingdom happen in my relationships? Now, instead of the wife and I having, uh, having angst with one another, we welcome you, Jesus, to come. According to the promise that the devil's head is already crushed. So he's dealt with. He's out of the way. Lord, give us the grace to be able to work on our relationship and cause our relationship to be what it needs to be. Can I tell you that God has given you these account numbers in his scripture because he has spoken, he has invested his word into our world and the word works in the world, because, but it comes from another place. God's book is not, from, is not of this world. God's book is a book of life. And so he gives us the address and he says, take this promise, take this promise because Jesus wants to make all things new. He wants to make all things new. Here's, here's the reality. God believes in you just like he believed in Adam and trusted Adam with all of his creation. Think about how great Adam was. I, I don't know if I could have done it. I mean, imagine, imagine God uh, is, like a, is like a daddy that gives his son the keys to a Lamborghini. Son's never driven a car before. Here you go, son. I mean, like, that's not really wise, right? We wouldn't do that. But God gives the keys to his entire creation to Adam. He invested in Adam what Adam needed. And so, so in those moments, you and I need to realize that what God wants to do, he believes in you. He believes in your ability to overcome the enemy. He believes in your ability to walk in wisdom. He is invested in through his word and by his Holy Spirit. He's invested everything in you that you will ever have need of for life and godliness. You will not need to look anywhere else. He has got you. He has everything that you have need of. And so when we, when we look at our lives today, when we look at situations that are not turning out the way we want them to turn out, it needs to be a reverse signal for you. When you see futurum happen, when you see the thorns and the thistles, when you see the sweat of your brow, when you see your kids starting to wander from God, when you see circumstances not working out according to, uh, according to uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you see uh, what, what the enemy has going on, the first thing you need to do is pull out Genesis 3.15. It says, not today, devil. Not on my watch, devil. Because I, God invested. Here, I'm, I'm tapping into that account. I'm going to crush your head today. You say, well, that's kind of provocative sounding pastor Ken Jesus said it he said to his disciples he said he said you will you will tread on serpents and scorpions and nothing by any means will harm you you need to move in the authority of Jesus in your prayer life. You need to move in the authority of Jesus in your kid's life. You need to, you need to believe God with them. You know, uh, I'm, I'm thankful for people that believed in me when I didn't have a clue. I was a snot. I was a 17-year-old snot that figured out I was cocky. I, I thought I had it all going on. I, I, ha I knew what I wanted to do, and it, and it had nothing. God was not in the equation. But people started praying for me. People started uh, believing God for me. People would say things to me. They'd say, you know, God's got a plan for you. God who? 
You know, do you have people that you're, you believe God for more than they know how to believe God for right now? Maybe it was your kids. You know, the battle is always for the seed. The battle is always for the seed. The battle is for that next generation. The battle's for the unborn. The devil still wants to take out a generation. Why? Because he can't get to God, so he wants to get to God's image. And you and I have to say, you know what? We are going to take authority over the works of darkness, and we're going to trust the Lord in the midst of this. Why? Because this is, this is the promise. God's promise to Satan means, number one, we can have a restored relationship with God. Your sin separated you from God, but God has taken the sin problem out of the way through the blood of Jesus. And everybody can say hallelujah. Right? The sin problem has been taken care of. Secondly, we can recover our own identity. Who you are in Christ. Who you are in Christ is not who you were yesterday. It's who you're going to be tomorrow. And it's who God has already spoken. And he's already destined uh, to, to, for the fulfillment of Jesus to happen in your life. Uh, you know, it's, it's God who works in you to will and to do his good pleasure. He who began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. In other words, God's not going to stop halfway. You, you are not a restoration project that is going to get abandoned halfway with indoor plumbing that doesn't work. God's at work in your life, and he's going to finish. He's going to bring it to pass. He's going to bring it to the finish line. He's going to do the work in you. You're going to watch Futurum happen all around you, but you're looking for Adventus. You're looking for Jesus to come and, and make who you are really shine. The Word of God tells us in the book of Romans that the, all of creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. He's not talking about the people that have gone before you. He's talking about you the creation is waiting for you what happened in Adam's life was cataclysmic and it's uh, in how it broke things apart at the fall but what God is doing in you is he's putting his world back together you don't believe me yet it's okay I believe I believe on your behalf I believe you're far better than you ever believed you could be why do I say that oh pastor Ken well that's just because me because I'm smart because I'm no because of Jesus I believe it because of Christ. I believe it because the promises of God are yes and amen. And if they work for me, they'll work for you. God's no respecter of persons. Amen? God has things in store for you. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. Neither has it entered into the mind of man what God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The Holy Spirit will bring you into your new identity. He'll bring you into who he wants you to be. So don't take anything off the enemy. Don't take anything. Why? Because the, the scripture tells us all the way back there, he is defeated. Uh, number three, we can have whole and meaningful relationships with others. When things start to struggle in your relationships, don't give up. Don't throw up your hands. Don't say, oh, it's never going to work out. That's futurum. You want Adventus. You want an invasion of the love of God in that relationship. So start praying for it. Lord, I just believe you that this relationship's going to turn around in Jesus' name. I thank you that the enemy's head is already crushed, and he's got nothing to say about what's happening between these two relationships right now. He's got nothing to say. Right? Draw on the account. Draw on the account that's already been invested. And our dominion over creation is renewed and brings God much glory. Our dominion over creation. Our dominion over creation. You say, Pastor Ken, what does that look like? Well, let me, let me tell you a story. 
Um, so a, a number of years ago, when uh, Holly and I had been married probably about four years, and we decided, you know, we were going to have, we wanted to have a child uh, in our fifth year. We figured by that time, hey, we'd have insurance. Um, and so insurance used to mean something back then. I don't know that it means anything now. It's kind of like a discount club. You're still going to pay big money, but not quite as much big money. Anyway. So we, we decided, okay, it's, it's time for us to, you know, for a, 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 us to get pregnant. Isn't that cute? Us to get pregnant. Time for us to get pregnant, you know. And, uh, and so we, we started, you know, I mean, how do I back out of that? <laughs> I, do have to, I do have to say, though, I mean, and this is just, this is just a guy, okay? I'm just, this isn't Pastor Ken, this is Ken Kramer. It, when, I, when I talk to people that are, that are like, um, really saying, you know, uh, uh, people have, that have been trying to have kids and can't have kids and, and, uh, and they've struggled, and, and I, I bear witness with their struggle. Um, it's usually the woman whose face is really, she's like, yeah, we've been really trying hard. And the guy, it's not like a burden to him. You know what I'm saying? He's like not burdened by that. Yeah, we've been, we've been trying hard. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, sorry about that. So, so we had, uh, you know, we had been. We had been, uh, you know, it was business as usual at the Kramer house. Let me just put it that way. And, and we were attempting to have kids. And, and, uh, and I, I remember, you know, beginning to be burdened enough about it that I would pray. And I would say, Lord, we, you know, Holly is just, she really needs a, a baby. Because my wife is like, she's an amazing mother. And, uh, and, but she already had those tendons. She's got the nurturing thing going on and all that kind of stuff. Got it from her mom. And, uh, and so I remember... Uh, uh, Tom Davis, our former music minister here a number of years ago, handed me a tape. That's how long ago it was. Uh, handed me a cassette tape by Jack Hayford called Instructed in the Song of the Lord. And uh, it's based on Isaiah 54 uh, about the barren woman. Sing, O barren, and uh, stretch out the, the, the tent posts and extend your cords. And so, but the, the operative word in that that Jack Hayford brought about was whenever there's barrenness in your life, begin to lift up a song to the Lord. And so we began to go through our house, and we began to worship Jesus in every room in our house, and we just filled the house with praise. We just simply said, Lord, your word, we're just being obedient to your word. I love that word from Sarah, trust and obey. We're trusting you and our word of obedience is to fill the house with song. And as we began to do that, we just worshiped the Lord. We just walked through there, and, and the Lord would give us, you know, uh, the Lord would give us um, words to, to come against the enemy. Enemy, you're not going to have this. This is a future of our family, and this is the future of what God wants to do. And, and so we just kept uh, proclaiming the word, proclaiming the word. And after we had done that a couple of months, the, there were three ladies in the church that came to Holly, and all three of them had had dreams that she was pregnant. All three of them. And one of them, when it came uh, time for Mother's Day, um, she came to her with a rose and she said, this rose is for you because next year you're going to be a mother. And, uh, and, there's gonna be, and, there, and there was, she was not showing. We hadn't told anybody. You know, this, we're, we're kind of private about those kind of things. And so, you know, this is, this is like just, uh, this is over 25 years ago. And, uh, and Heather, our daughter Heather, is back there with Nora. And Heather was born nine months later, and, and at the end of this month, we're going to dedicate our little six-month-old. Isn't that amazing? And there she is. She's saying amen. <laughs> Pop-Pop's got to interpret. That was amen. <laughs> and, and so 
you might have to do some work. You might have to fight the good fight of faith. It's not automatic. The fulfillment of the promise isn't just whatever will be, will be. The fulfillment of God's word is going to, we, we contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. I'm so convinced of, of Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 that you can put me in any demonic situation and I know that Jesus and I got this. That I cannot, there is nothing the enemy can do to, to cause me to back down because I know Genesis 3.15. I know Jesus has given me all authority. You've got to move into this thing with the word of God and you've got to say, no, I'm going to contend for the word in this situation. This is God's reputation. This doesn't have anything to do with my reputation. This is God's reputation. And wherever you go, Wherever you set your foot down, you claim that territory for Jesus. Amen? You claim that territory for God. You go into that situation saying, I already know that the promise is that Satan is defeated, and I am going to be an ambassador of that. Why? I'm looking for Adventus. Futurum is going to happen. Thorns and thistles. This world is filled with trouble. Jesus said, uh, take heart, I have overcome the world. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome. I have overcome. He says, Adventus, I'm ready to invade. I'm, I'm waiting for my church to get a hold of the word of God and to begin to speak the word of God into their situation and watch as the Holy Spirit invades every situation, every circumstance with the light, with the hope, with the glory that God wants to to bring through our life. He's waiting for us. We're waiting for God, but he's waiting for us. Because he said, I've given you an investment account. It's called my word. And I want you to begin to apply what my word has said. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Let's stand right now. Father, in the name of Jesus all over this place. I pray that chains would be broken off in Jesus' name. I pray that things that are too hard for us but are not too difficult for you, that we would take hold of what you have uh, taken hold of us for, Lord, today, that chains would be shattered and broken off, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for the renewing of our minds, God, that we would daily anticipate that we are being made new, that daily we would anticipate that the, the, the Ken Kramer I met yesterday is not the Ken Kramer I will know tomorrow. And Father, that every person in here will move with your goodness, move with your life, move with your light, and we will step into that new us that you have destined before the foundation of the world in Jesus' name. We want to see Jesus in our tomorrow and our today. God, we ask you, Lord God, to move supernaturally in our lives right now in Jesus' name. Every barren area, every barren area today, we call forth fruitfulness in Jesus' name. We're going to trust and obey. We're going to trust and obey. What's the Holy Spirit telling you? What's the, what's the scripture you need to trust? And what's the obedience he wants you to bring to pass? Can you take a hold of that? Can you reach up and grab that today? What's the area that the enemy is challenging you on? He's trespassing on your property. He might be sitting in your living room. He might be stealing your bank account. He might be troubling your kids. Pull out Gen Genesis 3.15. His head is crushed. His authority is broken off. In Jesus' name. Come on, believe. Stop doubting and believe.
Begin doubting your doubts. Trusting the word. Father, today in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, make us yours. Invade us. Invade our lives. Invade our space. Invade our homes. some of us here in this room, and I just feel like the Holy Spirit's on this. For some of us here in this room, we've never allowed Jesus to grow up. He's still the baby in the manger. But if he's the baby in the manger, then he was never Christ on the cross. And if he's never Christ on the cross, then he's never Christ of the empty tomb. And if he's never Christ of the empty tomb, then he's never seated at the right hand of the Father with all authority, ruling and reigning, with the earth as his footstool. Lift up your eyes today. Your master has it all. He holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Let him minister that to you. Some of you know know it theologically, but you don't have it experientially. You've got the positional truth, but not the experiential truth. I want you to know today, the positional truth is only as important as the experience that you have. Let him break the shackles off today. Lord, I pray for new minds today. I pray, Lord God, that our old thinking would go by the wayside and that you would give us new minds today, in Jesus' name. Thank you for uh, the transformation that takes place by the renewing of our minds. I pray, Lord God, that whenever we uh, encounter that uh, spirit of fear, Father, in the name of Jesus, that we would turn from that spirit of fear and we would push it back to hell where it came from and we would declare your power and your joy because perfect love casts out all fear and we are loved by with an everlasting love by our God Father thank you for ministering to your people right now in Jesus name if you're just receiving from the Lord like I am would you just slip your hand up right now go ahead just receive from him Lord more more of you God more of you more of what you've invested in your word more of what you've invested in the earth just receive from him Holy Spirit's not done yet go ahead just receive from him more Jesus more of your life God he's just ministering right now he's just lifting burdens he's strengthening people let him love on you today thank you Lord thank you Lord You know, if you've never said yes to Jesus and his love, you've never responded to him, if you've never given your heart over to him, I wouldn't want you to miss this moment because he cares for you. And he knows you. Like he knows everything about you. The Bible says the hairs of our head are numbered. And it would be a shame for him to know you that intimately and you not know him that intimately so before we leave today if you've never made Jesus Lord if you've never received his love would you slip up your hand I just want to make that introduction before we go say Pastor Ken today's my day I'm ready to 
I'm ready to lay down my old way of doing it, my own way of doing it. I'm ready to take up your way. Amen. Amen. Anybody else this morning? Ready this morning? Father, you see all of our hearts. Lord, I pray that each and every person here, Lord God, would draw near to you. You said that uh, if you'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. God, that we would draw near today by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for making it possible that in the midst of man's problems, we can still hold fast to the promise, the advent, who comes to rescue us in the midst of our circumstances. Thank you for that today. In the name of Jesus, we pray.